Welcome to Alter the Podcast with me, your host, Heather Brienne. Together, we will explore guided practices and intimate conversations with mindful movers from across the globe in order to inspire more movement in your life. Here, you are invited to evolve the practices of yoga, meditation, and mindful living with us. Welcome. Welcome to Alter. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Alter the podcast. My name is Heather Brienne with our beautiful co-host, Tanya Kazi. Welcome back, Tanya. How are you doing in this moment? What's happening? Hi, Heather. We're, what is it, more than 5,000 miles away from each other, but such is the beauty of the world that we're in right now. We can actually connect and we can actually do the things that we love to do despite distances and time zones. So I'm in a good space. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Good. You're hanging with us. It's like evening there. It's late. She's. Are you the night owl? Are you generally a night owl? Is this common for you to be able to stay up and like be rocking it <laughs> at night? I go, through, I go through cycles. There are days I could be a night owl. Yeah. Uh, meditation has given me the permission to, or given me the space to just honor whatever I need to feel when I need mm -hmm. to feel it. And if I'm feeling like I want to stay up late and if I can manage it, then I, I allow myself. I'm not hard on myself anymore. Mm, yes. And celebrate that. Uh, to writing our own rhythm, saying yes to our own internal rhythms. I feel like that's been a huge gift, gift of instinctive oh. meditation for from what I've heard from you. And I, I definitely know from myself. So, so let's get into it. Um, what is meditation to you, Tanya? What have you, how do you define it? How does it, what does it mean to you? Heather, I feel that meditation, um, in my experience, and I've done mindful meditation, and I've done Zen Buddhist meditation, and I've been practicing instinctive meditation for the last 10 years. I think meditation is um, being allowed to live as more of myself. Um, and that is what meditation is to me. It is also, it's definitely also a way to really, really feel my life, to be connected mm. to my life, to not mm -hmm. just be a witness or a bystander, um, but to really feel all of it, um, own it, um, mm. and not feel dead inside, <laughs> as mm. it were, to, but to really you know, welcome in all the emotions. And they're not always pleasant, you know. There's a whole gamut, the entire mm -hmm. rainbow of feelings. And uh, this, this, this path has given me the strength, the space, the wisdom, um, the ability to see every, every emotion, every feeling as some kind of um, a messenger, which is so in alignment with my Sufi training as well. So... It helps me live more of my life the way that I want to feel it and live it more completely, I feel. How about you, Heather? Yeah. What is meditation to you? Mm. Well, two words from what you shared come to mind. This like the being on the path of like delight and wonder. I don't know if that's in the title of the sutra or somewhere around there, but um, uh, yeah, delight 
delight and wonder. Is that on the, t- is it on the, uh-huh. <laughs> what does it say? What does it say? Wonder and delight. Gateways to the yoga of wonder and delight. Mm. Mm. And to be on this path of, of intimacy. And that was, you know, when I first kind of read that and was you know, getting into this, this way and learning from Lauren and Camille. And I, I was really in the question of that, like, what does that mean to be, to live a life of intimacy? And the more that I've been practicing this way. It's like this intimate connection, this intimacy with myself, saying yes to myself, getting to know myself, allowing for the full range, the full spectrum of experience to be a part of my meditation time, which then it's like, it's setting the tone to be able to, to allow for myself to be, to be as natural um, and gentle and loving and compassionate to all the different layers of myself than living that out there in the, in the world. Um, and, and that intimacy with, with life itself, with the trees, the saying yes to deep intimate connection in my, with my partner, with my friends, with my work in the world, um, to be in communion, to allow for the, the weaving of the different layers of myself and the connection that you and I have and allowing for that sort of dance and the flow and, um, right. Tantra, the, the definition of one of the definitions of, of, uh, Tantra is, um, is to weave, right. Like, a like on a loom. And so we think of, right. Like the different, let's say the, the terror and the, the joy that lives in, inside of us or the, the love and the fear. It's not just saying, Oh, I'm, I'm just committed to this path of love. It's like, no, I'm signing up. We're here. It's a part of life. Love and fear are here. And how do I like allow allow for that more and more and not to restrict any part of the lived experience? And that is intense. It can be intense, but like life, I think we all are living in, we all, right, are living in very intense times. Like that is a part of the, na- the nature of life. And how do we learn to dance inside of that, to be with that rather than say like, no, thank you you know, like what does like a no thank you life to certain parts of ourself lead to? And I think in some ways it can lead to like, you know, that whole definition of like dis-ease, you know, if we're, if we're restricting for my, in my experience that I think that led to, was leading to, um, a lot of, um, more, more living in a place of unease. And the more that I'm on this sort of, of path of learning and learning how to, to welcome all these different um, layers of myself, especially in my emotions. I feel like that's been a big one for me as of late um, going into a space of my meditation time in the morning and, and embracing the intensity that is living inside of me rather than wanting it just to go away. Cause it's like, it just, it just, it doesn't just go away by like asking it to go away. It's almost like giving it center stage and saying, all right, you, this anger or sadness or grief, you have something to say. I'm going to like, let you talk for as long as you need to talk. And in that way, in my experience, it like, it does dissipate. It does dissolve because I've given it this, I've given it center stage, that energy, right? That emotion, that part of me that needs to, to be at the forefront. And eventually something else comes because that is the nature of life, right? 
we're not always living in spring. We're not, thank goodness. We're not always, in my opinion, we're not always living in winter. <laughs> like, please spring, come, come faster. <laughs> but there's the natural rhythms that will come when it comes. Like certain emotions, Absolutely. right? Certain thoughts, they're going to be there. How do we be with that part of ourselves? I feel like these, the tools of instinctive meditation and the Radiant Sutras have, have gifted me and like are gifting the world and are gifting you ways to be with those parts of ourselves. So what's coming up for you? Yeah. You know, I, when you were speaking, it was reminding me of when I was in college studying positive psychology and we were reading John Kabat-Zinn's book, uh, Full Catastrophe Living. Um, and John Kabat-Zinn was the founder, I, I believe, of mindful meditation. He definitely was the one who brought it uh, and, and helped it spread like wildfire. Um, and I remember uh, because as, as, an, as a medical doctor, he had... Uh, he also had received, um, so he was a medical practitioner, and then he went to India and received training in meditation, uh, probably did yoga as well, I'm not remembering correctly now, but he opened a pain management clinic in Massachusetts, um, and it became very popular, and he was um, actually treating patients who had um, basically had lived the tenure of life. They were not really... Um, going to make it much farther. They, they were on morphine and on very, very strong opioids for, for pain management. And when they used to come to Dr. John Kabat-Zinn's clinic for pain management, the technique that he employed was mindful meditation. Uh, because beyond opioids, there was really nothing else you could do about pain. But one of the trainings, which is also a very um, Buddhist teaching, is to feel the pain. Uh, in fact, it's a Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, teaching, if I remember correctly, that when you feel a certain pain uh, or certain ache, imagine that it's a, it's a small child crying. And what do you do when a small child is crying or is in despair? Your instinct is to pick the child up and hold it close to your chest, hold it close and comfort it. And your pain mm. is similar. Your pain is something you want to hold close. Um, and we, you know, we're, we're kind of in society, we're trained to just take pills and numb the senses. And, you know, sometimes you just have to, you have to soften the connection between the nerves so that you don't feel the intensity of the pain. But mm -hmm. this technique of going into the pain until mm -hmm. the pain, until the pain dissolves, mm -hmm. because it does mm -hmm. when, as you said, when you give it center stage, it is like mm -hmm. a child that's been weeping and crying for attention. It's a part of you that, mm -hmm. and you know, honestly, I tried this technique for so many years and I stopped taking all kinds of painkillers if I needed to once in a while. Mm -hmm. But I remember if I'd have a headache or something, I would just remember Dr. Kabat-Zinn's teaching and I'd just go lie down in a quiet corner uh, and mm -hmm. keep my everybody out of my room, just keep it very quiet and turn my phone on silent and just listen to the pain and breathe mm. into it and go there mm. and it would you could feel it dismember you could mm. it was that tactile almost you know yeah. you could you, tangible almost you could feel it and mm. uh, and there is so much wisdom in that but yeah. we're so so trained to pursue pleasure all the time which mm. is not a bad thing but we mm -hmm. cannot afford to forget that pain will revisit from time to time, it just will. That's just the nature of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, we can't absolutely. drown it in alcohol and drugs all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
the word um, experimentation is coming to mind because this can be, you know, maybe an overwhelming thought to like, what? I have to like allow for my, all of, you know, the emotions and the pain. And it's like, and what about doing it in a way where it's like, you know, I'm just going to try this out. Like, what do I have to lose? Like, <laughs> um, and I think that that, I don't know if this is something that Lauren has shared, but mo probably most likely Lauren or Camille, or maybe someone from the, from the community of teachers that we, um, get to be, you know, beautifully a part of, but I've taken that into my life so many times with any of these tools, you know, bringing in a, a, a new, tool of thought or meditation is like, you know, I'm just going to try this out for today or for the week or for the month and just like see what happens. Like most likely I'm going to learn something from it. And, um, more often than not, it's something that's very helpful and, and useful. And sometimes it feels a little like radical and new and, um, and to find other people to be in a community, which is, I think, right. A part of our desire here is to, to be, um, creating a space where we can, all be in the experimentation and maybe things that are outside of the box or that other people aren't doing. We haven't been invited into quite yet, but I think that that for me has been huge just to have a community of people that are, you know, doing things from a slightly different lens. You know, there's a lot of commonality. There's a lot, a lot, you know, some threads I would say right from these different lineages of thought on like inner practice, but to have, um, a community of people and teachers where we're kind of on the same track and, and trying out these different things and then being able to speak to the experiences because it can be sort of a wild adventure, a wild inner internal adventure at times. Um, so I, I know. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I really love that. And I, and I kind of want to, um, yeah, I think this is such a beautiful um, thing to mention. Um, the experimentation like thinking mm -hmm. of meditation as, you know, come play with us in the sandbox, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just come that. and play with us and see how you feel and let's try it out. And and maybe yeah. we'll get something out of it. Maybe we'll discover new things. Maybe we'll just create incredible fantasies and mm -hmm. wild imaginations or or let's mm -hmm. just let's just see where it takes us. But this openness, which is what mm -hmm. the wonder and delight is about, right? Right. And right. if only we could probably see so much of life as that, you know, um, come and play. Absolutely. Let's let's experience this. Let's see what this is about, you know. Oh, yes. Which brings me to my favorite beginning part, right, of the sutras. So so the the sutras are, are based um, around a conversation between the goddess and the god, right, Bhairava and Devi, Shakti and Shiva. And and the beginning part of um Lauren's rendition, the Radiant Sutras, he, he so beautifully, poetically um, describes this conversation between the goddess and the god, and, and, and the goddess is basically asking the question, you know, the, the big questions of um, what, like, what is all of this? What is this form? What are these forms? What is this matter? And, and in that place of that, the wonderment of inquiry, you know, and being in, in the the wonderment of it all. And one of my favorite lines um, that just struck me over and over again and really like had me coming back to it and and looking, desiring to look out on the world in this way was was a this was a part of the question is um, and this matter out of which our forms are made, what are these dancing particles of condensed radiance? 
like to look out on the world or yourself or the tree, the plant, the sky, whatever, maybe even right now that's right in front of you. And like to consider that as dancing particles of condensed radiance like it just brought such joy and such spark and such like um, hopefulness for me <laughs> when at times I choose to look out on the world in that way. I'm wondering for you, Tanya, like the beginning parts of this, of this text and these banter verses, this conversation, what was there anything in particular that sparked you? I'm just so absorbed in what you said. I was so on my own trip when you were speaking I was like oh I'm losing myself in these words because for me by now it's become an association I hear <laughs> the radiant sutras and I'm in that zone but uh, I love that it's a conversation I love that I love that the Bhairava Vijnana Tantra is um, a love banter between the goddess and the god between Shiva that is supreme consciousness and Shakti that is life that is all of dancing creation um, and strength there's such incredible powers and um, and the fact that yeah we are curious about this Leela we are curious about this 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 form that we are embodying these people that we are born amongst and these people that with whom our paths cross um, and we, you know, and we learn so much along the way. But what are we here for? What is all this about? And and as you were speaking, you know, I'm in Pakistan. I'm visiting family, and even with family, it has been it's so joyous to to see how different members of family bring different unique gifts in their own way. You know, um, we have a dog. And the dog, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's just a dancing particle of joy, <laughs> all of all of him. But yeah, and it is mesmerizing when mm. we look at life from that lens. Mm. It's mesmerizing. But the thing is, we don't take the time. Mm. I feel like what I was struggling with before I came to instinctive meditation was that, and I wasn't even aware that I was struggling with it, to be honest, but the fact that I never really took the time to observe, to absorb mm -hmm to mm. see, to really witness, um, and to really lean in and listen. We're just like home, mm. home going through life, mm. you know, not really mm. connected, kind of connected, kind of not connected, kind of numbing here and there, <laughs> you know, whenever it would suit us. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, um, wow, I'm here for this. I came for this. Mm. I, I want to experience all the flavors. Mm -hmm. I want to play. Yeah. Yeah, I want to play. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And to just bringing about the memory that it's like extending our attention to the something that is already mesmerizing to us, like the 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 realization, the learning, the um, invitation. Right, I guess right now for all of us that to consider is that we have those things in life that are already captivating us and but but it's like we might just be there for a second you know oh you know like oh that the sun on the skin or it's been you know cloudy for ages here in the pacific northwest and you see the sun comes out and people are oh you know this energy rising but do you do we choose to have the one second there or can we 
elongate that experience and just, and take 30 seconds. You know, it's like that, it's just like drop, like little, like little droplets, like just a little bit more. Yes. The acknowledgement, but it's like then that like sinking into it and like, like choosing to savor, to choose to be a little more in, or to, to, to be mesmerized for just a little bit longer. And it really can start there just 30 seconds more, two minutes more. And then I think this can, can then lead into, you know, a longer meditation practice, but it's always like subtle meditative experience that we're already having, choosing to be there a little bit longer. I know for me, when I like that, from that, um, that one part of the text, I do feel like, like the blue of the sky started, it was like more blue, more vibrant. And it's like recognizing it and sometimes even speaking to it, like acknowledging it, sending the picture to someone and then inviting them to like, look up at the sky for a few more seconds, you know, and just to like feel what it's like to, to appreciate some part of life for, for a few seconds longer and, and the, the subtle gift of that. Yeah, exactly. Fully yeah. agree. Love that. All right. So yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Last words, last thoughts. Let's wrap up for today. Any insights, inspirations, feelings in your body? <laughs> yeah, I think it's an invitation to play. And, uh, and uh, one of the, one of the banter verses that are my favorite uh, um, is also, it's one of the last ones, which says, uh, when uh, Bhairava is referring to or speaking to Devi, he says elaborate rituals and garish images may be useful in meditation when your mind is whirling with thoughts. And I'll leave it here. Um, we don't really need a lot for this practice. You don't need to, you know, altar candles. All of those are wonderful and it's beautiful and they definitely aid and supplement and support whatever you need to support you is welcome but really it's such an instinctive bath it's so easy to slip into and it's if you can make a little more space every time just as heather you were saying you know those extra 30 seconds mm -hmm. uh, making a little more room inviting the wonder inviting the wonder and the delight to linger just a little bit longer mm -hmm. um, and feel that allow, allowing ourselves to feel that Let's start with that. I like that thought as we mm. close today. Lovely. Let's play. <laughs> Let's continue. Yeah. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you so, so much, much, everyone. Yes, for joining us. We look forward to continuing as always. And we'll see you soon.